welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Buboltz, trainer, author, speaker, and your burnout prevention mentor. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this chaotic, fast-paced world. But we're not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. Welcome to Workforce Waves. I'm your host, Bella Potak-Rettler. Today, we're going to be talking about burnout. Burnout is a term that some of our listeners may be familiar with already, but if you're not familiar with it, burnout is typically used to describe physical, emotional, or mental exhaustion accompanied by decreased motivation, lowered performance, and negative attitudes towards oneself and others. It is technically not a medical medical condition, making physical or mental symptoms of burnout hard to diagnose and even taboo to talk about at times. Even with the resurgence of wellness topics and trends, individuals experiencing burnout can still feel hesitant to discuss it or seek help, which is why I am excited to have our guest on today to talk a little bit more about it. Uh, Kelly Bubles, author of the book, Leaving the Darkness, A Proven and Practical Burnout Guide. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Kelly. Can you share a bit more about your book and what you do for a living? Yeah, so the book really came out of um, traveling around the Midwest uh, for conferences and workshops on burnout for my own crash and burn. And I'm certainly middle class, still in the workforce. And how do you do that? You can't you can't take months off and go on a retreat. You can't just check out from life. You have to continue on. And there wasn't really a roadmap in that. So after my crash, my crash, basically, I started my own recovery journey and people saw me healthy and alive again and passionate about my role. And they're like, what do you do? I want the roadmap. So that's how this kind of even got started. And then I can't reach everyone. So that's how the book came to fruition is someone said, what if, what if you save one person? And so really, I, I never wanted to be an author. I am a public speaker. I'm an animated type of trainer. So things in writing is not my thing, but certainly if I would have had a book like this, I think that I wouldn't have hit rock bottom. No, you're a great writer too. Um, I read your book and I highly encourage any of our listeners to go and pick it up and read it because it I definitely could have used it during my years in college even. So um, you definitely, you you met your goal with it. Um, talking more about burnout, um, like I said before, burnout technically is not a medical condition, um, but it can cause all sorts of problems physically and mentally. Can you share with our listeners what some of the signs of burnout might be? Yeah, and I I'm, I love that you point out that it's not a medical condition because um, that's exactly what was my journey is I got misdiagnosed for seven years, and I think I was upwards of you know a handful of prescriptions all misdiagnosed, and I was getting worse, which is not what you want with prescriptions. You want to feel better, and I realized that um, these misdiagnoses was because we weren't getting to the root cause, which was the chronic stress, and so some of the symptoms that you might be seeing is. Um, skin conditions like uh, severe acne, psoriasis, rashes, um, allergies, hair falling out, um, chronic headaches is a, a very common sign that the gut is not doing good, that you're stressing your body out, insomnia. So these are all the physical symptoms that uh, are most apparent that people kind of blurt out at the workshops. Um, emotional symptoms, so you're feeling overwhelmed even when someone comes to your office or one more email comes in with a request, something that you used to be able to take on and and bounce that off pretty easy and now you can't it's just that overwhelming feeling 
Um, and then certainly relationships. Those two drag right over to relationships. So that distrust. Why is that person asking for that report? Why are they asking me to correct something? Uh, why wasn't I chosen? And all that distrust starts coming in, not only just professionally, but personally. So uh, you hit it on the mark that certainly burnout itself is not a medical condition, but there's so many factors that go into it that you actually start getting a medical diagnosis on either behavioral health or the physical side. Gotcha. Um, who are the individuals who are most susceptible to burnout? Would you say? Uh, really, uh, no one's exempt from it. So yeah. it's interesting when we talk about burnout, it's very prevalent because of the pandemic that happened and us coming out of it and not grieving the loss of so many things and allowing ourselves that change. We kind of just kept showing up, kept showing up for work. And we didn't allow that space to process the change. And so burnout, the research has been around over 50 years. So burn, stress will be here, stress will continue to be here. There's always gonna be something going on in the world, another political election, uh, family, work stress. And so really what we need to do is uh, go through the different factors that contribute to stress so we can build that resiliency armor. And then when the stress comes in, it doesn't, it doesn't hit as hard. And if people see me today, and certainly I have my moments of high stress, but they're like, Kelly, wow, you are so calm and cool and collected. And that actually happened on a flight to a workshop in Nebraska. And it was uh, winter time. So all the flights were getting delayed and we were stuck on the ground, not in the storm, which I was so happy about. And everyone was freaking out because they were gonna miss their delays. And um, they were saying very mean things to the flight attendants. And I was just sitting there and someone's like, what are you on? You were just like so cool and collected. I said, well, one, we're safe. Uh, when you go through this process, you find out what actually is a threat and what isn't. And then two, I realized and reflected on how far I've come because I totally would have been the person freaking out just like them. Um, but once you once you get to that crash and burn point and have to dig yourself out, really a lot of things don't bother you anymore. So where the tools I give and the tools that are in this book is to get people to that point before they crash and burn. Mm -hmm. And just to clarify, it's not like a desensitization or anything like that. It's just you you know how to manage like the stress a lot better and have more healthier like coping mechanisms. Correct. Um, yeah. Um, so a common theme in your book, too, was the impact of setting healthy boundaries. Um, I know in everyone's day to day lives, that's a super hard thing to do for some people. Um, what are some tips that you have for setting healthy boundaries? Yeah, so um, some tips is kind of identifying that you have these behavior holds, right? You want to people please for a reason, whether it, it comes from your childhood or a previous boss or a previous job that you had, whether it's you have this work validation and productivity guilt that if you're not doing a million things, what are you doing? You know, you're not allowing yourself to rest because that's not a productive nature you know it's a waste of time and many of us people pleasers and busybodies go through that you know any amount of space is yuck and um it, certainly i went through it so i'm not being critical of anyone else i'm still going through it if i take a nap i wake up and i'm like wow that maybe was a little too long it's the same maybe you really needed a nap <laughs> <laughs> and um, so going through these behavior holds is really going to help you set these healthy boundaries. And, and I say that because as someone in the workforce saying, oh, you should set healthy boundaries and you should have core hours and you should sign off from work at night. It's not that easy. There's a reason why you do it. Um, and, and we dig down in both burnout coaching and in the workshops on why those behaviors come to be. So it's, it's a really self-discovery type of journey. 
Um, but once you identify these baby holds and realize it, you're like, boom, Kelly, you're doing it again. It's pretty easy to catch yourself. So the, the whole goal of this is just to begin, begin identifying those behavior holds. Gotcha. Um, is there anything that like employers can do in particular for their employees with helping with setting like boundaries? Yeah, so the two dis the, the two factors that I see when I go into workshops and I see a big difference between a group that is silent through the whole workshop and a group that is having fun with the material and you can tell they have that psychological safety in the group is um, the two factors I would say is distrust and lack of an individual personal growth. So the distrust in the company comes from toxic cultures, toxic bosses, um, or maybe they went through COVID and they really didn't address that, that personal need. And so now, you know, employees are seen as second nature. And so that that trust has to be rebuilt. So that's one scenario is that the trust in a company needs to be rebuilt. The second one is lack of personal growth. If a company does not want to invest in gym memberships, nutritionists, um, counseling programs, focus groups, if they don't want to help their emerging leaders and give them the right tools to actually lead people, there's going to be this, this big gap of void in which we naturally as human will fill with blaming others so you didn't give me this you did this to me and so as many supportive tools as we can give people on these transformational journeys will be key to kind of get rid of that employer contributor to burnout because certainly work's going to be there right that's why we're in this kind of stage anyways there's variables all over the place that we cannot control but we can control how much we trust people, what we do to trust people. We can um, control the tools and support we give people on transformational journeys. Gotcha. Um, there is one word um, when you were listing everything off um, that I like really latched onto, which was psychological safety. Um, I know you have a background in HR. Um, could you explain to our listeners a little bit like what psychological safety is, especially in the workplace? Yeah, and um, there's a lot of research around it, but really I want to ask the audience is, what is the best team you've been on and why was it the best team? And it comes down to psychological safety factors. And I think it's very important and um, customized to every individual because uh, psychologists will give you, you know, the normal six, six factors, but I'll tell you what people have experienced before that moment, um, what people are experiencing on a personal level in that moment that's the factors that they're looking for. Does that team give them a voice um, and they don't down what they're saying, right? They allow that space. Uh, can they trust that that information is not turned on them later? Uh, can they trust that actions, whether right now or later are gonna be done? Um, is the, the people in that team being vulnerable about their own experiences of what has happened instead of you know putting themselves on pedestals and making others feel less than. So um, there's all different psychological factors that go in. And I am only saying that and not giving a, a def definite answer because I've been to enough workshops across the Midwest to know that uh, regardless of the, the six factors of psychological safety, it is very customized to each company and team on what they require in that psychological safety. That was very true. Um, when you like, when you move from one team to another though and you do experience that it it makes a huge difference and you just don't even notice it um but i've noticed like talking to people in my day-to-day -day, like who don't even know that term so um because i feel like it's kind of it's just not something that's talked about because nobody realizes how much of like a big difference it can make um in your work environment 
Um, yeah, when it, and Bella, yeah. I just want to talk one mo- moment on that. Um, if you think about us like animalistic creatures, which we are, and when you're in burnout, this survivorship instinct is coming out, right? Who can I trust? Who can I talk to? Where am I safe? That is the heightened awareness of your nervous system when you're in survivorship mode with this burnout mode. So when you switch teams, like you said, you're basically going to a new tribe. Who can I trust? Who can I talk to? Am I safe? So the more you can create that environment, um, like you said, you can make those transitions really easy. Mm-hmm. It's very true. <laughs> um, for individuals um, who have like crazy lives, what are some practices that you could um, share with them that they can infuse more into their day to day to help like manage like what they call like craziness? So. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's my life. I have three little ones. I'm a, I'm a single mom with three little ones. I have um, my part-time job. I have this small business. I have my book. So traveling all over the place, uh, I get it. I get it like no, no one else. So um, it was really hard to list just a few so i did hone it down to five uh if you grab the book it has over 40 tools and techniques but here's here's the five that i've seen come up at workshops that people really relate to i think that although it's they seem easy um and simple i think that you really do have to think about how it fits in your lifestyle so the first one is less is more all right and that's hard for us people pleasers and and people doing everything because most people in burnout are high performers but less is more you are doing lower quality work because you're doing so much and as a high performer that resonated with me that because i'm doing so much i'm actually doing less quality of work and i can't serve the people i'm actually serving because i'm saying yes to everything so i need to start saying no so i can say yes 100 percent to those type of people i need to serve so less is more the second one is start asking why all right if you need if you're a busy body and you need to fill that space at any point in time if you are sitting doing laundry also helping someone with homework and preparing dinner why why do you have to do three things is there's no one else available did you not prep um do you have to do laundry at this very moment um we kind of live our lives based on other people's standards and societal standards does your home need to look like a home and garden picture you know there's all these why questions that we need to dig into i'm from manufacturing so you know the the five whys digging to root cause is really important (laughs) otherwise you're just going to repeat the behaviors Uh, number three is uh support comes in all shapes and sizes and i actually learned this from an organizational specialist that i interviewed on my podcast And she said, people in your household want to help. You have to create an environment where they can help. If you're gonna criticize people for loading the dishwasher wrong, folding laundry wrong, you have to realize, is it that wrong that you wanna put that extra stress on you? The dishes are clean, whatever cupboards they end up in, you know, um, the laundry is clean, whatever drawers they end up in. And for me with little, little kids, especially, right, they want six different pairs of shoes when you're like headed out the door and you're already late. So creating an environment of cubbies where they can reach their things so mom doesn't have to reach all their things. And um, they want to help. So asking for the help, kids want to help you. You just have to reach them on their level. So I literally just reorganized my foyer and had bins and they aren't pretty, but everyone knows what their bins are. They put their stuff back in their bins, they grab from their bins in the morning. And it just is a huge help just from a little bit of uh, reduced chaos in the morning. Number four is 90% of your burnout is on you. And people hate when I say that, and I debate with other like burnout people that wanna blame it on the employer, but we don't have control of what happens at the employer level. What we do have control of is our lifestyle, our 
behaviors, what we're filling our body with, how we're releasing stress, our relationships. And once you, once you realize that, and once I realized that in my recovery, it was so powerful and uh, relieving that this backpack just came off. And then you really get to see your cause and effect of everything you do every day. If I stay up late and Netflix and chill, I don't feel as good in the morning right? That's Kelly's problem, not my employer's problem. Um, if I don't work on professional or self-growth, I will get stagnant. Part of being in zombie mode is you're acting dead. <laughs> so um, you have to get back to that liveliness. You need, you need hobbies. You need that growth in your life, whether it's small, whether you're just learning a new skill, it doesn't mean that you need to climb the ladder. And number five is, um, and, and this is more for the parents, uh, the working parents, but the little ones are watching you and that helped me is because I'm a people pleaser. I want everyone to have, you know, a good day, a better life, smile, you know, help them out. And what I realized is I was showing them exactly maybe how I grew up, which was the workaholics, which is why I have my issues, right? Um, so showing them stress management is gonna show them how to live in this crazy world. This world will not slow down for them. This world will get more crazy because the technology advances. Um, it's getting less humanized, right? And let's just admit that as more technology comes in. So showing the people around you how you do it is gonna is gonna help not only the environment you surround yourself around, but the next generations. Thank you. I I'm sure our listeners will appreciate all of that. <laughs> there was things that you were saying that I was like, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that in my life. <laughs> so I definitely could do it. <laughs> uh so healing is definitely not easy. Um, you've definitely reiterated that to us. Um, any advice for individuals who might be facing backlash or not receiving as much support as they thought they would be um, from their like biggest cheerleaders, whoever they deem that to be during their burnout recovery stages? Yeah, so when I started, um, I had to leave my um, high high level job and um, because I was two months away from a heart attack from chronic stress and I was only 35 years old. And what I realized is when I changed my behaviors to really focus on myself, focus on self growth, what my lifestyle was, digging into these behaviors that were holding me and uh, 70% of the people left in my life. I, I will be completely honest with you. It's, and it, it's a little more graphic and, described in my book, but um, it is extremely lonely. But the beautiful thing is at either in the beginning or the middle of that, of that recovery is 70% of people will leave and that allows room for 70% of people to join your life. And that's gonna be the people you vibe with. That's gonna be your re-energizers. That's gonna be the tribe that actually supports you in your self-growth and where you wanna go. And then you realize, that loneliness was so worth it because you were struggling to be someone else for so long. And now you're with a group that they just love you for who you are. And I don't know how long people go through their life, just like me, realizing like maybe I'm in the wrong place. And you go out with a group of friends or family and you're just de-energized when you leave those events or people. And then you meet people that actually energize you and you get excited to hang out with them again. And as adults and parents, right, we lose ourselves in that identity. So. Um, being around those people that will challenge you, that will see you maybe like, hey, you've been drinking more, like what's going on, you know, recognizing you're, you're slipping back. Those are the people that you wanna be around. But yes, you do have to let go of some people or isolate yourself from some people. It doesn't mean you need to just get away from everyone, but certainly just allow 
allow it to work, trust the process and focus on your progress. Cause really at the end of the day, all you need is you mm-hmm. and, and the rest of the pieces will fall in place. Very true. Change can be very, very scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there any advice that you would give anyone who, so like if they, they hear your words and they recognize like, okay, like I'm, this is where I'm at right now, but they're, they're super scared of that change. Like, what would you say to them? Yeah, uh, I think surrounding yourself with that environment of where you want to go, right? So I I had to be gluten-free because of my gut destruction. It's permanent. Um, So certainly there's a lot that I was able to repair, but I still can't have gluten and high sugar foods without getting very sick. I thought that I was the the obsolete, right? That I'm just gonna have to bring my own food places and stuff like that. But then you you surround your social media with gluten-free recipes. You communicate to people like, hey, I'm gluten-free and just let me know if you don't have gluten-free items at the event and I will certainly bring my own snacks or eat beforehand. And people respond so welcoming because you're in this new environment. And they're like, oh yeah, we already have, we already knew you were coming, right? So I can like eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's interesting that when you start communicating just where you're at and what your needs are, and it, you're not putting that burden on someone else, right? You're just saying like, I need to know so that I need to know if I gotta eat before I leave. Um, they are more than welcome to support you or at least give you information so you don't have that stress. Um, the other thing I would suggest is um, head out to my website, kbtrainingconnections.com, and there's blog articles, um, the newsletter every two weeks, you're going to get tips like this. Um, there's self-growth worksheet just to break down, like, how do I surround myself with an environment? It doesn't have to be people, right? It can be words, sounds, videos, things like that. Um, my podcast is out episodes out there with all different holistic doctors um, and specialists, as well as just going through these behavior holds. You kind of see my journey almost. It's like a, a audio book of my diary. <laughs> and then um, and then the book, like you mentioned, Bella, um, inside either paper book or audible. Uh, grab the book for 40 tools and techniques out of burnout. Well, thank you, Kelly. Um, could you just list for our listeners again where they could find um, all those materials, um, your website? Yep, yep. So the book uh, you can find out on Amazon. It's called Leaving the Darkness, A Proven and Practical Burnout Guide. Or the website is www.kbtrainingconnections.com. All right. Thank you. You've been a lovely guest. So I'm so happy you came on the podcast today to talk about this because um, it's definitely something that I think everyone needs a reminder of just to check themselves and make sure that they're doing good (laughs) with everything so thank you you're welcome yeah all right right. yeah important Um, topic yeah there's one thing though sorry kelly yes i realize i missed a question during our recording would you mind if i asked it to you and you just like answered it um Yeah, and I'll just edit it back into the body. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Yeah, it was, it's a good one. So I don't want to skip over it. Um, okay, I'll count down and then I'll... Wait, um, Bella, which one is it? Oh, it's okay. Um, it's number four, the one that there's a level of mistrust in today's workforce when it comes to employer-employee relationships. Mm, so do you want... Um, companies don't care about their... Do you want that from an employer HR perspective or do you want that from like a burnout coach trainer outside in. Could you do both? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Thank you. 
Okay. So I'm going to read it off to you. Okay. All right. So in three, two, one. There's a level of mistrust in today's workforce when it comes to employer and employee relationships and whether employers actually value their workers or not. What is your opinion on this idea when companies don't care about their workers or their well-being? Yeah, from um, an HR perspective, I'll go there first and I'll go from an individual and burnout coach type of perspective. So the, from the HR perspective, I would I would say there is some of that in some companies. And I see that when I go to workshops that uh, burnout workshop is just a check mark on their wellness program. So they can say, we did this this year. And you can tell when you leave that no actions will actually be done. And then there's employers that I go into where they have immediate action in that workshop. Uh, a company I wanna highlight, I won't say their name, but they're in the Wisconsin area. They stuck to core hours so hardcore after that session because a lot of people were in tears and just couldn't control themselves with working all the time that they said after five o'clock, no one can email and they uh, require email off of people's cell phones um if they cannot manage that time so they were basically saying if you cannot help yourself we will we will help you and not in a punitive way but saying like we don't want you to do this if you can't help yourself we will help you get there so that was pretty uh phenomenal so i do still see that employers um have certain levels of uh, devaluization. I also see the, the business side of it where they're struggling, right? We're struggling to retain and recruit employees. So the focus has just not been on that. Um, and that's where I wanna remind employers that there are resources available. You don't have to do everything yourself. Right. That's why I go in for burnout and leadership workshops is because there's not a trainer for that. And I think that's important to know on all different skills that there's third parties that you can hire for things. So you can focus on employees. You can have them work in the skill sets that bring your business value, right? I've seen strategic type of employees work on like mundane data entry manual tasks. And I'm like, what are you doing with this person that has 20 years of experience? They should be your main trainer of your department. They should be creating like training modules or updating the software. And they have them, um, you know, doing data entry every day. So understanding those skills. And um, I use the, the DIS tool and I train on the DIS tool as well. Uh, and that helps you really put people where their, their internal motivators are. Um, so I do see some of the devalue, but I think it's just a misunderstanding and it's not so much that it's vindictive or inhumane. It's it's more of a lack of focus. Gotcha. And then from an individual and burnout coach level, I, again, I'm going to go back to when we don't want to work on ourselves, it's very easy to blame others, right? If you look at the key concept of gossiping, when your life's in disarray, you will spend your time elsewhere, right? You'll be in other departments' business. You will be in your friend's business. You'll be talking about your neighbor's marriage. Um, you really need to stay in your world because if you're spending all your time in other people's world in that blaming others, you're, one, you're not contributing. <laughs> To, to your community, um, but two, you're, you're, no one's taking care of your business if you're elsewhere. So um, that individual personal growth is really important. That's why I love when employers support that transformation in one form or another, because it, it again, creates that focus that the whole group is doing this. So whether you wanna do it in a small way, in your personal way, but you know, we're here to support you and it creates that environment to keep keep going instead of blaming each other. I know you're not lazy. Most people in burnout are high performers, those serving others before themselves. 
Don't discount this step today, the action in which you focus on your self-growth. Piecing together, the puzzle is half the journey. Rediscovering yourself, energy, and establishing new habits is the other. Do not underestimate the untapped inner strength inside you. Explore more resources on my website to move from zombie mode back to liveliness. See you soon. Thank you.